Welcome to the Today Counts show. Today does count because it impacts, it influences your tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. The Today Counts podcast is sponsored by the generous donors of the Lead Today community. I'm your host, Tim Piper. Communication is one of the biggest issues that we struggle with, whether we are talking about marriage, whether we're talking about uh, even limiting it to your household, but it's definitely a big issue in your place of work, in your ministry, in your business, um, even as an entrepreneur with your with your vendors, as a salesperson with your customers. Um, you know, pretty much anywhere you go, uh, you hear all kinds of stuff. I know the things that I hear the most that drive me crazy is, and 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 granted, granted, you know, I am not a perfect human being, but I seem to expect everyone else to be perfect. Maybe I'm the only one who's like that. I want I want you to give me grace for my mistakes, but uh, I may not have a lot of tolerance for you if you don't come through. And I'm halfway kidding and I'm halfway serious. I definitely have a high bar of uh, excellence expectations. And to be truthful, I actually hold myself to a very high standard, frankly, a standard that I often fail uh, to. It's often more than I can live. But I, I think the thing that I'm getting at that that drives me crazy the most is when someone says off the cuff, and when it comes off the cuff and fast, it's almost a, a predictor for fail. Um, when someone says, if you meet somebody for the first time and they just say they love you to death and they're going to be with you forever and, and you're the most amazing person, well, I can tell you right now, that was going to be your first Judas right there. So, you know, the person that comes in on the honeymoon period says they love your company, they love you, they love, they just, you know, they're just a little too easy to convince those are also the first people that will leave in any signs of danger or difficulty. But I still haven't got to my point. How many times do I deal with a customer service rep, a salesperson, uh, you know, somebody in, in that realm, or even those that I coach and supervise who will say to me, yes, sir, um, I'll have that to you. No, that'll take me 30 minutes. Is it 30 minutes? It's never 30 minutes. And sometimes it becomes 30 hours or at least two hours or three hours. And uh, how many times does someone say they're going to call me back and they don't call me back? I hope you're not one of those kinds of people. But back to this point here is communication is critical. It is so critical. Now, I'm going to elevate the topic to something more complex than just do what you say you're going to do, right? I mean, that's really what I said. I mean, if, if if you have people that surround you that actually do what they say that they're going to do and when they're going to do it, well, then I can tell you right now, you're way ahead of most of us. Because as employers, as bosses, if you will, as servant leaders, um, we are looking for people who find what we are about and what we are doing to be exciting and worth their their brains their hands and their hearts, right? I mean, that's that's what we're looking for. And when you get those kinds of people, that's really exciting. However, let's point the finger back to ourselves for a little bit. So, I mean, I, I just did a little bit of belly aching about kind of what's out there. And, and maybe you find it different. And, you know, I don't want to get on this pandemic again, but my word, you know, how often was customer service horrible? 
in different places. But now it's like, I mean, horrible would be an improvement, right? I mean, it would it would really be an improvement. And I'm I'm trying not to be Mister Negative. I'm just saying, hey, where have all the good people gone, right? Well, I'm going to make this one prophetic statement. Then we'll dive into the topic that I'm trying to get to. But I'm so fired up about it that I can't seem to get to it. The organization that puts customer service and excellence back on the plate, that is the one that will have instant and sustained success. I don't care what it is that you do. If you return phone calls, if you show up when you say you're going to do, if your estimate is right on the money, if it's obvious that that people care about the service or the product that they are providing to you, and then you're going to do everything you can to keep uh, that relationship going. All right, so that's my little bellyache. However, we, we've got to take some blame too as leaders. And and so I'm turning the corner here and I'm talking to us as leaders. I'm going to talk to you about communication today and I'm talking about how we actually take responsibility for the decisions that we make as leaders. And I will be the first one to say, since I'm the only one talking here, I mean, you're listening as you're driving down the road or as you're trying to get a quick run in on the treadmill or, you know, wherever you might be, maybe you're cleaning house, you're saving some money, or maybe you, maybe you, maybe you called the house cleaners and they didn't show up. Oh, here we go again. Any, anyway, anyway, as a leader, we make decisions. We make so many decisions that we don't even know that we're making a decision when we make a decision. And if you're like me, one of my one of my greatest weaknesses, and hopefully someday I'll get to stop saying this, but be, because I'm a, a little bit on the borderline between an extrovert and an introvert, is that I and because I'm intuitive, I, I tend to live in my own head. In other words, I have all kinds of conversations that go in my head. I mean, I I I, I have conversations with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yes, I know that he's passed, but. You know, what would he do in this situation? And I think about that. I mean, I just I just live there. I, I think about different angles, things. So I live in my head. And and the downside of living in my head is that I make decisions and I forget to tell people. I forget to tell people the decisions that I made. Now, maybe you're not as much of a nincompoop as I am when it comes to communication. I, I do think that where I am strong is if you reach out to me, I get back to you. Um, I do not ghost people. I respond. I have a high response rate. But that still doesn't mean that I'm a good initiator of communication. I would say that at this stage in my life, um, I, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to get a D, you know, as in a school grade on it. I hope that I don't get a C. I'm hoping that I'm in that B category. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I am not an A student in what I'm going to share, but I'm going to share this from the expertise of Peter Drucker. And I'm going to pull this right out of his book and every time that I read over this, it reminds me of the work of communication, being responsible for my decisions. And in case you are a reader and you want to know what I'm talking about, we'll also have it in the show notes. But uh, one of the the best little books that I've ever had in leadership that has been most helpful for me, and I've read a lot of good stuff and I've written my own stuff, but this is uh, The Effective Executive, The Effective Executive by Peter F. Drucker. You can still order it on Amazon today. 
uh, even though it was originally written in the 1950s or 60s. Um, and it has been updated to, I think it was 2007 or, or so before he passed. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about communication and, and taking responsibility for decisions. Number one, um, and, and these might be some good things to write down. Uh, you don't have to write it down right now. Again, if, if you're running or, or driving or, or cleaning house, but um, I think these are good enough that if you make enough decisions that affect people, that you might want to take some notes. Put it in your notes on your iPhone or, or whatever smartphone and whatever application that's called on yours. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about is a decision has not been made until people know. I love that first law of decision-making, communication, is that I may have made a decision in my head, but it's really not a decision until people know, until people know. Um, and, and again, I, I kind of already explained that early on. I wonder how many conversations that you've had over the last week or month or two or three where somebody holds you accountable and says, you never told me that. And then you're like a deer in headlights. We're going, I didn't. I could have sworn I did. I mean, gosh, I've been living that decision now for three weeks or three months. And, and you go, holy moly, I, I guess I didn't tell you that. So that's the first one. A communication and a decision has not been made until people know. Now I'm fired up about this because not only am I guilty of this, the organizations in which I serve are often guilty of this. I find out about something sometimes after it happened and I'm a person of concern. I should know, but I didn't know. No one communicated that to me. Now, before we get too far, I will say that leaders also have the responsibility to stay informed, but you can only do that to some to some degree. What are you going to do? You're going to go around every day and, and introduce yourself to every colleague, every boss, uh, every direct report and say, what what do I need to know today that you haven't told me that I should know? Uh, yeah, that would be a little ridiculous. So it, it really is a, a community of responsibility. So again, a decision has not been made until people know. Second, the name of the person accountable for carrying it out. We need to know who's in charge of carrying this out. The decision has been made, but who owns that decision? Who is executing that decision? Who is responsible to see that happen? And then the third is, what is the deadline? What is the deadline? Um, I'm going to pull from another mentor of mine, uh, Lloyd Lewan, and I've actually included it in the curriculum that I use to, to train leaders. Uh, Lloyd Lewan says, it's often not the decision that we make, but it's the how and the when that we carry it out that makes the decision a bad decision, that negatively transforms a potentially good decision into a bad decision is rarely the decision itself, but the how and the when it is carried out. And, and I would think that the how would also include the who, right? But we're, I think we're talking through the how overall, but uh, I think that's important to point out. So I think that what is implied here is that there's been enough collaboration in the decision-making process, which again, I would say that, that in my youthful leadership, that was not one of my strengths. Um, as a starter, as an entrepreneurial mind 
Um, I, I, I tend to, you know, my board of directors is me, myself, and I, and I tend to, you know, execute from that. And hopefully, you know, now I, I hopefully do less of that. But I look back at that and, and I absolutely buy into what Lloyd Lewan said, that it's often not the decision that I make, but it's the how and the when that I carry it out. So a decision has not been made until people know. Two, the name of the person accountable for carrying it out is part of the decision-making process. And the deadline, the deadline for, for carrying it out is also uh, part of the decision-making as well as the communication. And then um, when, when you're thinking about disseminating the information, uh, then the names of the people who will be affected by the decision and therefore have to know about, have to know about, not just know about, but also understand, understand, and approve it, or at least not be so strongly opposed to it, Right. So in other words, that is suggesting that the, the way Peter Drucker has this laid out is obviously you are in a position of authority and influence and you, you can make decisions, you can lead. And one thing that I've always believed in is that one of the signs of a healthy culture, besides the number one sign that it's a learning environment, a learning culture, a learning organization, but it also empowers leaders to lead. If leaders are simply robots, um, that's that's not that's not leadership. Leaders, uh, strong and healthy organizations appreciate good leadership, and and they don't micromanage their leaders. It, it's not that they're going to. It's, it's not that uh, the 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 bosses, the supervisors, the coach, the coaches, whomever, whatever you want to call them. Uh, it's not that they would necessarily agree with every decision that you make, but they're certainly not going to get in your way in every decision that you make, and. And another tip that that I use that might be helpful for you is that if, if you don't feel empowered, that's your deal. You've got to sit down with the powers that be and you got to change that. And one of the ways you can do that is you can take your job description, if you, if you even have one, and I'm not saying that I'm a huge advocate of a yesteryear way of doing things, but certainly there is some sort of job description. There's some sort of expectations that have been uh, written out and explained, and and yes, it could be somewhat fluid in today's in today's world. But still, whatever your job requirements are, whatever your goals are, whatever your initiatives are, whatever management responsibilities that you've been given, I think what is a good exercise is to actually go through those point by point with your supervisor, and for each point, ask if this is falls in this thing, whatever it is falls into one of three categories. One of three categories would be this. I can do this particular task, this make this particular type of decision without anyone's approval. I can do it because that's what I'm paid to do. Um, and that's it. Then the second category is I can go ahead and make this kind of decision or do this kind of task, but then I should probably let so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so know so that if that is a little too far off track, not that they're going to overturn it, but it gives an opportunity for better alignment for the future, better alignment for the future. Uh, it'd be kind of like, you know, um, you're, you're going to go up to bat and I'm not going to sit there and tell you whether you can swing or not. But then after you've had your at bat, we might talk about um, how your approach maybe should be different, you know, in the future. 
And then the third area would be, yeah, these are my responsibilities. These are the decisions, you know, that I uh, might need to carry out, but I can't do these particular things without approval first. And I think that really helps sometimes uh, in communication. All right. Um, I chased a little bit of a rabbit there, but I think that's an important part of this. So let me just do another quick recap and keep moving here. Um, A decision is really not made until people know. That's the general idea. Second, um, the name of the person who's going to carry it out, the person that's in charge, the person that's accountable, uh, that person needs to be identified or persons. Um, I'm not a real big persons, plural fan. I think sooner or later, um, you know, someone's got to raise their hand and say, I'm the champion of that. I'm, I'm, I'm the one responsible for that. And then um, deadlines, you know, communication, going back to what uh, we've talked about before. It's not just the decision, but it's how and the when it's carried out. The names of the people who will be affected by the decision and therefore have to know about, understand, and approve it, or at least not strongly uh, be opposed to it. And then finally, the names of the people who have to be informed of the decision, even if they are not directly affected by it. That is the one that I think is left off the most, because obviously it's at the bottom of the list. If you think about the one that is above that, and I'll read that again, a uh, decision isn't really made until the names of the people who will be affected by the decision, and therefore they should not just know about it, but they should also understand it. And Peter is implying that and probably needed to be involved in this on the front end in collaboration. And whether they are opposed, they should have opportunity to say that or approved, they should have opportunity to that, you know, leadership isn't leading by consensus. That that phrase is problematic. That phrase is so inerrant because we just really haven't thought about it enough. Actually, leadership decisions are made in a dissenting opinion culture. In other words, if you've got five people on your leadership team, the odds of all five of them agreeing on one particular path is slim. It's slim. It's possible, but it's slim. If they all nod their head yes for plan A, and then I would probably guess that the culture doesn't appreciate critical thinking and might take things to personal or might be a little uh, uh, punishment oriented or, um, you know, using the term team player in a, in a weak and perverted way to where, you know, uh, people cannot speak in their own voice. Now, in a lot of situations, you're the leader, you're, you're collaborating with subject matter experts and et cetera, and team members, et cetera. And at some point, the, the leader has to make a decision that may or may not line up perfectly, 100%, or even in the majority. But that's what leadership is. And that works as long as the disagreements about uh, and the different views and different opinions can happen prior to the decision being made. If the decision is made and then we tell the people that it affects afterwards, you know, we've got it upside down. All right. So then that brings me, though, to this last thing that I just talked about, which in my experience, I think this is where I've made the most mistakes 
And I think I've seen it pretty general in just about every culture I've seen. We forget about, and remember, the decision really still hasn't been made if we forget about the names of the people who have to be informed of the decision, even though they are not directly affected by it. Here's the evidence for that. How many times have you walked into an organization and you ask a general question and that person says to you, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, that's your evidence right there. Everybody should be able to talk to a customer and be enough informed about a decision that has been made or a new direction or how we do this or how we do that. All right, real quickly again, then I'll let you all go for this time. If you want to have better communication, particularly in your decision making, remember this, a decision has not been made until all the following people know. In the name of the person accountable, the deadline, you know, when does it start? Who's responsible? The names of the people who will be affected and the names of the people who will not be affected. That's a lot of work. And that's why communication often fails. If you are not part of the Lead Today community, let me invite you. You can go to leadtodaycommunity.com and sign up for the Leadership Kit. So again, thank you for joining with us. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this. We would really appreciate it.